Welcome to Think Bible, the podcast that exists to challenge, edify, and encourage Christian women to think and live biblically, all for the glory of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome to the Think Bible podcast. We're pleased that you've chosen to join us today. We're here to challenge, edify, and encourage Christian women to live and think biblically, all for the glory of God. It's the holiday season. We've just come through Christmas. New Year's is just a couple days away. And it's kind of been a tough year for a lot of different reasons, but we all sort of point to that COVID thing that's going on around here. Um, as much as we dislike it, as much as it has disrupted our lives, it has also caused a lot of grief. I know personally, this fall, we've known at least 12 people who have passed on to glory as a result of COVID. Um, and that's hard to take. Hit after hit starts to take its toll on you. And some of you have experienced that loss in a much more personal way than I have. Um, and so whether that's your situation or whether it's something entirely different, I've invited my daughter, Sarah Lingle, back here to Think Bible to talk with us about handling our grief, especially during this holiday season. Sarah, thanks for joining us again today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And we're happy to have you. Of course, I'm a little prejudiced, and I think Sarah's wonderful because she's my daughter. But the Lord has given her some special training and some special experiences in this realm of grief. So, Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, um, as well as whatever parts of your story you'd like to share? Sure. Um, so 2020 was crazy for me, just like everybody else, um, because COVID was a real thing. <laughs> Um, but it didn't really touch me personally, um, in 2020, um, close to the end of the year last year, I found out that I was pregnant and I was so excited. Um, and my husband and I right away started planning for having a baby. Um, but about three days before Christmas, um, I had some concerns, so I went into the doctor and was told that my baby had passed away. Mm. Um, and Christmas time, you, you never want to hear that news ever, but Christmas time made it even harder for me um, because to me, Christmas was supposed to be a time of joy and a time of getting together with family. And my family was being torn apart. <laughs> and I had a very hard time finding joy last Christmas. Um, I didn't actually miscarry until January 6th um, of 2021. So it was a couple weeks there of waiting and grieving and crying a lot. Um, and 2021 started off with death for me. Um, and then it just continued to go that way. Um, other people in my church had miscarriages and we had deaths from COVID and um, my pastor resigned at the end of December um, and our assistant pastor took his place but 
Justin, our assistant pastor's family, they had four deaths in a year. And he was diagnosed with cancer um, in October. Um, and so there has been so much grieving in my church. Um, and the topic of grief has become a big deal. <laughs> um, also this year, because of having a miscarriage and I had wonderful support from my family, from my husband's family, from our church, but in having a miscarriage, I started realizing how little support there is for people going through pregnancy loss. Um, and I already was a doula, which is a person who supports families through pregnancy and birth and some postpartum as well. Um, but I discovered that there was such a thing as a bereavement doula um, who supports families through pregnancy loss. Um, and that might be after the loss. You just are there as an emotional support. Um, and it might be during the loss where you show up for the birth of a, a baby who has passed away. Um, so I took a training and was certified as a bereavement doula. Um, and because of that, the Lord has given so many opportunities to talk to women who have lost babies this year. Um, and it's never, was never something I ever thought that I would do, <laughs> but, um, because of all of these things this year, I have really had to study out what grief is, what biblical grief looks like and what it looks like to heal from grief biblically. So. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's personal. I know it's difficult to talk about, um, but I think there's some important things we can draw from your story. One is that death happens to everyone. We know that, but we don't like to think about it or talk about it. Um, but you've mentioned the old, the young, yeah. pastors, <laughs> you know, everyone is touched by death at some point. And so we need to learn how to process it correctly. Um, and you also touched on this, but I'm going to ask anyway, why do you think the holidays seem harder than any other time of year for those who are experiencing grief? I, my personal opinion is that we are supposed to be happy at Christmas. That's what the world tells us that it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? <laughs> um, and when you're grieving, it's very difficult to see joy anywhere, um, especially in um in superficial things um also christmas is supposed to be a time to focus on family um and when there's a been a death in the family it's hard to get away from that and it kind of brings up that grief a little bit more um and makes it more prevalent and present in in front of us right <laughs> I think, well, if you're listening to this, you know about Think Bible. And so maybe you've read, maybe you haven't, but you should read the blog that I shared this year. And it's called Christmas War because we do think Christmas should be about peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's the message the angels brought uh, when they were announcing the Christ child's birth. And it is true. Jesus came to bring us peace and 
to put all relationships in a, to restore them. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> um, and yet it's a battle to get from where we are to where we need to be. And Jesus came first as the suffering servant. He will come back as the triumphant king. But there's the battle in between there. We know that Jesus died on the cross. Even, even God has dealt with death. And yet he overcame it when he raised from the dead the third day. And that is where the hope lies, spiritually and in these day-to-day -day struggles that we're going through um, here on this earth, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I have a question in front of me, but it's not worded correctly the way I want to ask it. <laughs> um, what hope is there? for those who are going through a grief, a time of grief, or even a season of grief, where there are many um, difficulties and tragedies. Where's the hope? I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> um, in fact, next to me on one side, I have my sermon notebook um, and my journal. On the other side, I have two books. Um, one is Trusting God by Jerry Bridges, and the other one is Held. Um, 31 Biblical reflect Reflections on God's Comfort and Care in the Sorrow of Miscarriage by Abby Wedgworth. And then in front of me on my computer, I have two different blogs that have been an encouragement to me in the, um, the last year. And all of those talk about hope and biblical hope and where that comes from. Um, <laughs> the one that I have up on my computer right here. Um, talks about an empty seat at the table after grief um but says because there's a person who's missing from your family um but that empty seat reminds us that this world will never feel like home and it shouldn't because this world isn't our home um that empty seat at the table further solidifies our unwavering belief that our home is not of this world um, it further keeps our teary eyes fixed on Christ and our weary hearts tethered to the hope of eternity. Um, and I think that's a small way to say our hope really is because we have the hope of eternity. Um, that I think it's Revelation talks about that God will wipe every tear from our eyes when we get to heaven. Um, and we do not grieve as those who grieve without hope. Um, because we have heaven coming. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I guess what you're saying is the hurt, the grief, the sorrow is temporal. Yeah. It, it's we, what we are experiencing right now. But when we put on those lenses of eternity, when we think about what's to come and that our time on earth is a small little dot on, on the timeline, <laughs> Um, so that Jerry it's Bridges, um, <laughs> in his book, Trusting God, also talks about um, grief <laughs> and yeah. Lamentations 3, 31 through 33 is a couple of verses that have been super encouraging to me. Um, it says, for men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. And 
Jerry Bridges wrote about those verses that God does not willingly bring affliction or grief to us. He does not delight in causing us to experience pain or heartache, but he always has a purpose for the grief that he brings or allows to come into our lives. Most often, we do not know what that purpose is, but it is enough to know that his infinite wisdom and perfect love have determined that the particular sorrow is best for us. God never wastes pain. He always uses it to accomplish his purpose. And his purpose is for his glory and our good. Therefore, we can trust him when our hearts are aching or our bodies are racked with pain. Amen. That's a... So, number one, we have the hope of heaven. <laughs> and that should be enough. <laughs> um, but number two, we have the hope that that comes from knowing that God loves us and that he's sovereign and that he brings heartache into our lives for a purpose and sometimes the only purpose is so that we'll learn to trust him better (laughs) um and that we'll get to know him better but even that is a good purpose and should give us hope yeah and if we truly love and adore him as we say we do his glory is enough of a purpose for our trials as well That's very good. It's encouraging to me to know that my sorrow um, and the heartache of this last year, which has probably been the hardest year of my life, (laughs) um, it brings God glory. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's not wasted because, and God doesn't waste that pain. He brings himself glory with it. Right. God never wastes anything, does he? I think too of that promise, and I'm not going to know the reference, but God says that he keeps all our tears in a bottle. He knows every single one that has fallen from your eyes throughout this year. And for those of our listeners throughout whatever pain and difficulty you've gone through, God didn't miss it. He knows about it and he cares. He's giving you his compassion on top of it. Sometimes as a Christian, as a church member, I see people going through immense struggles like this. And I think to myself, I want to help. I want to do something. (laughs) My spiritual gift is mercy. And so I feel what others are feeling and I think what others are thinking. And um, my husband is there to help keep me in check because (laughs) give everything away because, you know, that's just the way God made me. Um, But sometimes I think I don't have any right to try to comfort that person because what they're going through is something I've never endured. I've never lost a spouse, let's say, or even had a miscarriage. I never lost a child, although we came close a few times. Um, Is there a biblical precedent for giving comfort and help to those, even if you haven't been through the exact same problem they've been through? Yes. (laughs) Um, 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about that God gives us experiences that are unique to us, but so that we can comfort others. Um, But then he also gives us his word so that we can comfort others. Yeah. Um, that I don't know. I have had a miscarriage 
my pastor's wife or my assistant pastor's wife has not, but she has seen her husband um, grieve four family members and be diagnosed with cancer this year. (laughs) And yet we can encourage each other because one, we have both experienced grief, even if our type of grief is different. Um, And two, because we both are in Christ and the fact that we are in him gives us unity with each other. Very good. And I think too, about in Hebrews, when it talks about our Jesus being our high priest, who has touched with these same infirmities we've been touched with and tempted in all things as we are tempted. And so again, that plays into our, um, our unity, our union with Christ. He knows and he's experienced and it's his Holy Spirit that prompts us and directs us as we try to encourage others. So that's a neat thing. That was something I struggled with at first because I knew that that passage um, that he has been tempted uh, or tested in all points like as we are. Um, but I was like, no, Jesus never had a miscarriage. <laughs> um, but my husband is a very wise man. <laughs> um, and he helped me to realize that God did actually lose a child. Um, but he chose to lose his child. He chose to give Jesus as a sacrifice for me. Um, but he went through that pain of losing a child in even greater um, magnitude than I ever will (laughs) because his child was also himself. Um, So I don't know how, how else to say that, but that God has grieved (laughs) um, and he does, he does understand grief because he has grieved. And Jesus grieved when he was here on earth. And they, God, can um, sympathize with our grief. And he can give us hope, though, because he's God. And that is the source of hope. In a way, God gives us that hope in a way that nobody else can. Even somebody who's been through the exact same situation as me can't give me as much hope as God can because God is infinite in hope. Yes. Yes. And omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent. (laughs) And all things that make him God. Amen. I, a few years ago, had this epiphany (laughs) that if the Bible says that God is one thing, um, and if the Bible says that he is another thing, like the Bible says that God is hope. And the Bible says that God is love. Well, mathematically, that means that hope is love too. And that the hope that comes from God is love. But also the hope from that comes from God is sovereign. Um, and God's sovereignty is something I don't think I'll ever understand. <laughs> but that God gives us circumstances because he's sovereign and because there's a much bigger picture than me. Um, a big picture that I won't, that I won't see until I reach heaven. Um, but because God is hope, he can give me hope even while he's executing his sovereign plan. Amen. That's good.
Well, we've kind of just covered the next question I was going to ask, which is biblically, how do we encourage one another? Um, did you have any specific passage you wanted to add to that? We've already talked about some, but. Um, I wanted to add the Psalms of Lament. Um, okay. That, uh, <laughs> I guess something I've learned this year is how much Christians are not comfortable with lament and not comfortable with grieving. Um, we kind of look at grief and we're like, well, it's not godly to be grieving. We need to always be joyful because we need to have the joy of the Lord. But if you look at the Bible, there's a lot about lament and grieving in the Bible. (laughs) Um, And I guess those Psalms of lament, David many times says, where are you, God? And if you love me, then why is this happening to me? Um, and that's not lack, lacking faith. And when Job went to God and said, why God? That wasn't lacking faith. In fact, that was an act of faith because mm-hmm. that faith recognized that God was the person, God was the only one that could answer those questions. Yeah. Um, even if he chooses not to answer those questions. Yeah. So it's biblical and it's correct to take those questions and struggles to the Lord. Um, if you can't find the right words, then use Psalm 42 or um, Psalm 39 or some of those lament Psalms um, and pray back God's words to him. Um, also suppressing grief and hiding grief and pain brings bitterness. Um, and you don't want that. <laughs> Um, it's, I don't know how to say that, but, um, it's okay and biblical to express grief, um, and to do it in a godly way. There are obviously ungodly ways to express grief, but, um, express grief to God and maybe even find a godly friend that you can talk about it with that can encourage you in Christ. Um, but understand that lamenting is Christian (laughs) and lament is biblical. Um, and it's okay to do that. Good. I like two things, especially there. Um, one that it's okay to express your grief. And when we look at the Psalms of lament, um, how many times David does that or the Psalmist does that. And yet the end or near the end, he will always come back to God. Um, I think the one in in my mind is, why art thou cast down my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Yeah. Thou in God. He knows where the answer is. And you said that. Uh, That's that's actually the one that I have written down that I was going to say next. (laughs) Very Um, good. But also even Jesus lamented when he was on the cross. He he complained to God, I guess, if we can say that, (laughs) Um, and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, And it's, it's hard to even say this because we see complaint as sin, but (laughs) um, there is a correct way to complain to God and a correct way to go to God and raise complaints and raise questions. Um, It needs to be done humbly. Um, but those struggles should be pushing us to desire God even more. And 
that complaint and that questioning should only be the starting point. Good. Yes. Um, and as you complain <laughs> to God and as you grieve and as you ask questions, then understand that God might not give you an answer that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, his character, God himself is the answer. Um, in Psalm 42 and 43, David says, um, calls God my salvation and my God and t- reminds himself to hope in God because he is your, our salvation and he is our God. Not, not an answer, not everything suddenly being better, not, um, I don't know, in my case, not another pregnancy or um, in my pastor's case, not a cure from cancer. That's not the answer that we're looking for. It shouldn't be. <laughs> And that's not the answer that God's going to give us necessarily. The answer needs to be God's character. Yes. You said something that I want to repeat because it's so profound that God may not necessarily give us an answer, except he himself is the answer, his presence, his comfort, his sovereignty, his himself. That's really important. And I, I think that's the key right there. Well, it would be heaven to sit around and think on these things, to dwell in the word all the time, but we can't always do that. We can have those thoughts and we can be praying, you know, in that quiet part of our our brain, but life has to go on after (laughs) and during a grief. And so I wonder if you could share just a few practical ideas. How can we help those, the new widow in our church or the freshly grieving parents who've lost a child or whatever the situation may be? What are some practical ideas? Um, One of the most helpful things that people did for Colton and I after our miscarriage was to bring meals. Because when you're grieving, sometimes that just consumes everything and you don't have the energy to do anything else. (laughs) Um, So for somebody to say, hey, just so you know, I'm bringing you guys some, um, one lady said that she was bringing a steak (laughs) Um, and someone else just brought rice bowls and um, someone else brought groceries. Um, I specifically asked for shredded carrots and celery and canned chicken so that I could make my mom's chicken noodle soup (laughs) because that's what I wanted. (laughs) Um, So those, those kinds of really practical little things. Um, Also, sometimes, I I don't know, we tell people, let us know if you need anything. Um, But in the middle of grieving and sorrow, it can be overwhelming to even try to think of something that you need um, because you're just so overwhelmed by this one huge big thing in front of you. (laughs) So um, it can be, I'm coming over and you're going to come on a walk with me because you need to get outside of the house because you've been in there for five days and haven't left your bed. Or... um, I don't know, I'm coming over and I'm babysitting your children so that you can get some much needed one-on-one time with your husband. Um, Or 
um, I'm bringing gift cards so that when all the meal train runs out, you still have options or those kinds of things. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> That's a great, great idea. I was thinking of a time when you and the other kids were still quite young and um, my husband had appendicitis. He had to go into the hospital <laughs> and have a surgery. And that all happened the day of the Christmas program at church, which all the kids were involved in, which I was involved in. And um, a dear friend just took over for me. She showed up at my house Sunday morning. She got the kids ready for church. She got them to their practice on time. And she had her own family too. She, it wasn't like she just had nothing to do. <laughs> but um, I don't remember that at all. I must have been really little. <laughs> You were quite small, but it was such a help because I had to take care of dad, you know, had to get to the hospital and all with him. Um, I think of when the twins were born, you and your sister, and we had a lot of medical issues. We were in the hospital a long time. People brought us furniture. People bought us baby supplies, diapers and cribs and car seats and all the things you can think of. I don't think I actually bought clothes for you girls till you were like two or three years old because we were given so much. <laughs> um, yeah, the meals is a great idea because cooking, though it seems mundane, it, it takes thought and sometimes yeah. you just don't have the energy for that. I, um, another one is someone brought over um, like a basket full of little snacks and they brought fuzzy socks which you know is like my weakness I love fuzzy socks um, <laughs> and lotion and um, just like super cozy things I think they brought a candle too um, but things just to kind of be cozy and and say hey it's okay that you're not feeling okay right now and here be cozy <laughs> another thing that I really appreciated when you were going through your miscarriage is that my good friend um, was checking on you for me <laughs> because she was close to you and I was far from you. Um, and, and she was she, a huge encouragement to me. <laughs> she would call me after she had seen you or talked to you and say, this is how Sarah looks today. This is what she sounds like today. This is what she needs from you or she doesn't need from you. <laughs> um, and sometimes I get the nervous feeling, oh, I don't want to butt in. It's not my business. And yet most likely there is someone who loves the person that you are helping, but they are too far away to physically be there. And it means the world to them as well. Yeah. So you're actually serving two people when you help that one. <laughs> I was going to add to that. Um, on Sunday, uh, my in-laws pastor passed away. Um, and he was my pastor when I was in college. I loved him. Um, and his granddaughter is one of our best friends. She and her husband were in our wedding and we were in theirs. <laughs> um, so I called my mother-in-law and I asked her to bring a meal to my friend's. Um, yeah. because I can't do it. I'm not there. <laughs> um, and so things like that. 
and Elizabeth, my sister-in-law has been texting us and saying, Hey, this is what's going on. And this is what, how people are doing. And this is how you can pray for individuals in the church and things like that, which is so helpful because I'm not right there. I can't see the needs, um, but I want to be able to help meet those needs. So communicating with people who love the people in your circle um, and helping them understand how to help. Yeah, that's good. And really it's all just a picture of the body of Christ working as it should. Yeah. And each fulfilling the, the little role that God gives us all together accomplishes good for his glory. <laughs> Another one, a practical thing to help, um, to encourage is um, to remember the special dates, mm -hmm. um, things like the birthday of the person who passed away and the death date and the anniversary and um, those kinds of things can be very helpful. <laughs> Um, as well as just major holidays that might be hard. Um, yeah. On Mother's Day this year, I had probably half a dozen different friends text me and just say that they were praying for me um, because they knew that Mother's Day was going to be very difficult for me in 2021. <laughs> and it was. It was one of the hardest days. Um but the fact that they were praying for me and that they loved me enough to say so <laughs> was very encouraging. Um, and I have another friend who just told me that she has the date of our miscarriage written down and she knows that it's coming closer and she's been praying for me more as it comes closer, even though it's a year later. Um, and that's a, another very encouraging thing to me. Um, also, if you see them crying in church, go give them a hug. And they might be crying in church for several years, but go give them a hug. <laughs> yeah. Or at least if they like hugs. I like hugs, so I'll always take them. But Yeah. I was thinking that too, that when a tragedy happens, everybody responds quickly, and that's good. But then once the funeral is over, once person's back home from the hospitals or whatever the situation may be we kind of forget and we move on with our lives um, yeah. so good to go back and remember and let those who are still experiencing the newness of this loss or whatever it may be just hey we haven't forgotten you that's really good yeah i just had someone reach out to me on social media that i've never met before but since i've been open about everything <laughs> that we've gone through on social media this lady reached out and said this week was the 10th anniversary of her her baby's passing um and she still is grieving like she did on the first anniversary and um i think that's normal <laughs> to grieve even years down the road that we don't we don't ever heal from grief um but we can learn how to live with it and we can still find hope in it because we still have Christ. Good. Well, this has been an encouraging conversation for me. I realize I am not one who's going through a deep trial currently right this minute. Um, but I pray 
there's been a lot of things said and mentioned and reminders here that will help those who are and that will help each of us to minister better to those that we know who are going through something like that. Um, thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Thank you for being open and transparent and for sharing the things that God's been teaching you. It's been a blessing. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share. It helps me to continue healing, I think. <laughs> well, let's close our time in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the hope and the healing and the encouragement that we find in you. Lord, whatever the trial, whatever the grief or the sorrow that our listeners are experiencing, that they're remembering at this time, I pray that you would bring your peace and your healing to them. Help them to put on those eternal lenses and to see that what they're dealing with now is not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to come in heaven one day. And if a listener is here that doesn't know about that eternity, that they're not sure of their standing with you, I pray that they would reach out to me or to someone they know, that they would search your word and they would come to find Christ as their savior through this time. Lord, may you be glorified in all these things. May our responses and our actions and our choices reflect the trust and the love that we have in you. We thank you for loving us enough to give us these opportunities and to grow us and teach us through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Think Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Please visit us at our website, www.thinkbible.online, to learn more about our ministry or to take advantage of the resources we have there for you. That's www.thinkbible.online. You can also find us at Facebook. Instagram or Twitter with the name Think Bible. Until next time, let's all think and live biblically for the glory of God.